0: I think so, Good morning and welcome. You've got Dustin Atwood here in the studio in the winter wonderland of Springfield and, and I guess the majority of the Midwest. I'm sure the rest of you have been following pretty much from central to southern Texas all the way up. Uh, it has been warmer in Alaska than it has been here in the Midwest and, you know, in fairness, I did ask for this, by the way. <laughs> I wanted a little winter. I wanted to uh, enjoy some snow, which we've gotten spades. It has come with its own challenges. Hopefully you guys tuned into the last show. We're going to talk about some of the things that I've been seeing in the shop this week already, which was a big reference to some of the items we talked about in our last previous show. But we're going to give you some new tips and tricks and, and some different things for cold weather, Uh, some do's and don'ts, I guess would be a bigger, probably more accurate, uh, depiction about what we're going to talk about. But hopefully some of you out there are enjoying, well, I actually, I know some of you out there are enjoying, I don't know if any of you have been out sledding lately. Um, you know, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from around the Carthage, Joplin, Neosho kind of area, but I spent a significant amount of my time, um, up North on the East side of Lake Michigan. And anybody that's lived on or around the Great Lakes understands the great amount of lake effect snow. And, you know, that was a big part of my childhood from when I was about six to maybe 12. So for roughly about six years. And then we moved back to Marionville, Missouri. And I did the rest of my growing up there. But snow was a big part of our life. You know, it was like nine months out of the year we made snow forts and sled runs and et cetera. And that's not something a lot of people get to do around here. This was definitely uh, enough snow for sure. And hopefully some of you got out sledding when the temperatures were not completely awful. Um,
1: you know what? I actually um, checked something off my bucket list. Did you really? Yeah. So, speaking of sledding, I've never been sledding before. Oh, my god! I know. <laughs> but let me tell you, I did go to Doling Park, and there was all kinds of people sledding yes. there. And I did not sled. You didn't sled, Well, Sarah? I couldn't find a sled. They're sold out oh here. Oh, my gosh. I know. But... I did walk on the little lake that they have mm-hmm. there, yep, the little yep, pond. Yep, yep. yep. So I officially walked on a frozen lake. Oh <laughs> Well,
0: fantastic. I know. And that was on your bucket list, I it guess? It
1: was. It was really cool. Is sledding on your bucket list? Um, you it know, should be if I, it's not. You know, maybe when I have kids one day, I'll Fair use enough. that as my excuse. But now I just feel like I'm a little too old to do it.
0: It, it hurts worse now. I will say that. <laughs> Um, but I'm so glad you shared that, Sarah. That's awesome. I did get good feedback that Carver Middle School, I guess, has got a good hill. And then there is a soccer field out by Glenstone uh, and Republic Road. There was like 300 people out there sledding. Oh, my sledding. gosh. Yes. There it was, was
1: a bunch at Dolby. Was there? But I do know there's also another really good hill, and it's off of Republic Road across mm-hmm. from Farmers Park. I'm not exactly sure what that area is I think called that's a
0: soccer field is it there.
1: oh is it the same one I we're talking about is. okay yeah.
0: there were so many and that's a, a kid friendly one by the way yeah they're not super crazy downhill you <laughs> yeah. know but as a kid that's what we did i mean we would be out there and you know in hindsight now it probably wasn't all that great i mean you know borderline frostbite you know we but you know you got to dress for it Be mindful of it, um, but have some fun. I mean, there has been, you know, so many years. I bet it's been at least five years since Springfield, Missouri, had a noticeable uh, snowfall. So super excited about that. It does come with its challenges. I will tell you, if you've had or never had the pleasure to what I call the Chinese water treatment, uh, torture treatment, but it's where you work on a dripping car all day long, It just continuously, every time you look, it's in your eye or it's in your ear or, God forbid, your mouth is open and then you got drippy water in your mouth. Um, But we that's what we do. So that's part of our gig. And it's something we have to deal with throughout this time of the year. We've had an influx at the shop. Uh, We talked about uh, broken wipers and wiper transmissions, window regulators. One of the things I hadn't touched on very much was when folks slide out of control and the suspension strikes a curb at a uh, perpendicular angle. So your suspension is built to to go over obstructions. Now, if you hit them head-on at enough rate of speed, you can bend things but it's less likely it's designed the geometry of that is made to strike obstructions straight on what it doesn't do well is when you hit them at a sideways glancing blow or at a sideways blow altogether there's no forgiveness in that and to save weight the manufacturers have gone to a lot lighter less tolerant materials mainly aluminum and and I'm not saying bad things against aluminum. Aluminum does a lot of great things, but it doesn't tolerate impact very well. And it gives much more than, you know, back in the day when you had straight I-beam susp- or twin I-beam suspension, et cetera, you know, straight axle on a lot of trucks. And even cars, they were built with steel components that, yes, will yield or will bend, Um, But we're seeing a lot of that, and that is something we do as a company on a regular basis is obviously suspension-related repairs. Now, if it's cosmetic-related, a lot of times we will fix the mechanical portion of it, and you'll have to go see a body shop if it gets into any kind of the body panels. But more often than not, we take care of a lot of the mechanical-related stuff in this time of year. So with that being said... You know, what happens if you get out of control? What happens if you get stuck? A lot of our our talk last week was being proactive. Um, I've stopped and helped actually many people that have been stuck, whether it's the slush at the side of the road or where an intersection is. um, And most of them, actually, almost every one of them with the exception of one that was stuck that I just helped actually on the way to the radio this morning, their tires were completely bald. I mean, they were done for. And you know you can get away with that you know sometimes if there's not a lot of rain or precipitation, it's even bad then uh, but during the the summer year or summer months, it's not such a huge huge thing. it's still unsafe, don't get me wrong. but when it comes down to maximum traction at this point in time um, when you're dealing with a lot of heavy slush or even frozen ruts right now from previous you know high uh, statured vehicles. Or the plows, you know, Um, we did our own in-house plowing this year, which I was very happy to be able to do. I made sure and spent a lot of time on the plow, clearing the entrance and exits to all of our facilities to where you could get in and out easily Um, And even before I had got that done, I showed up out at our Republic store and uh, we had somebody that was stuck there. So they, well, they didn't have much choice, but I spent the time clearing them a path. We got them rocked back, got them pushed forward onto clear, clean asphalt then, and away they went. So you've got to be mindful of that stuff. If you see yourself in a situation that you're, you know, going to get into some of that rough area, You have to be almost like two or three moves ahead, in my opinion. You can't just pull up to the intersection and stop and expect, especially if you're in a car or a lower-statured SUV, um, especially if you're not all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, you have to be proactive as a driver because if you pull up to the end and, and hopefully either you all know this if you're listening and if you do know this, you're sharing this with some of the younger drivers out there, We have a couple of young uh, kids that are getting ready to get their license. We've got one with a permit, and then next year we're going to have another one with a permit as well, and then obviously a new driver who's got the permit this year. But I'm constantly trying to coach them on do's and don'ts because, you know, uh, on normal circumstances you're taught to pull into the intersection or up to it to a safe spot, check, make sure, and then you can proceed from there. But now if you do that, you're going to be stuck. And so you may have to wait back in an area that's not as, as uh, you know slushy or treacherous and then go ahead and give it a, a pretty good send to, to let the momentum carry you through that nasty material that's built up in the intersections. The intersections right now are going to be some of the worst areas, obviously the back roads and side streets, but in town even the intersections still have a lot of slush and ice coverage. And especially as it warms up and the sun comes out this evening, we're going to experience some black ice, and you're going to experience that throughout most of the day tomorrow until all that thaws off. So be mindful of that. Uh, Another thing that we see quite often is we get folks coming in with brake complaints that, oh, my car wouldn't stop, it made a funny noise, and it vibrated my brake pedal. I have to feel a lot of those calls or those folks coming in, and that's fine. If you have any concerns about your brakes ever, it's better to be for sure than think, oh, well, it's possibly or probably this. Um, so please don't hesitate. But I'm sharing this with you because during a skid situation, the ABS motor and pump actually is a very high load uh, electrical demand. Its job is to keep you in steering control and keep you out of wheel lockup. Okay, very, very important. So the byproduct of that is a uh, a buzzing or vibration, feel, or noise through the brake pedal, maybe even through your steering wheel. Uh, if your headlights are on, sometimes it'll pull enough electric load that it will dim the lights. But that's normal. You're You're not stopping because you're on ice or you're on a hard snowpack. And it does that so your maximum amount of stopping ability is the moment... ...before the wheel locks up, okay? That's where you have the best and most ability to slow that vehicle down. So it pulses and it releases that to keep it out of wheel lockup... ...but just ever so slightly, just previous to it... ...so you have the most stopping ability possible. So if you're in those situations, you obviously need to decrease speed. You will typically stay in steering wheel control... Um, you want to make sure that you're being mindful of that. And if you're continuing to have that, you got to slow down. So I know we probably need to take our first break of the hour. I got plenty else to go over that's going to help you through this inclement weather right after the break. All right, welcome back. Of course, you've got Dustin Atwood, Master ASC Certified Technician in Automotive and Medium Heavy Duty Truck. I throw that out there because I take that for granted that everybody knows me. <laughs> and a lot of you out there, I know I do know. Um, I was just at our sunset location just a little bit ago, and uh, I, you know, was focused on on uh, what I was doing and had a long term customer and and uh, you know listener to the show, pull me off to the side and say, hey, you know, it's really been cool to pretty much be able to kind of hear and see the the growth or the transition of the show. Over the last five ish years. And uh, I'm so glad he stopped me and and pulled me off to the side. It's always great to catch up with somebody. He actually knew the owner at the time, um, David, that had hired me with Lois as well. Um, He remembers and and they were close friends. So he remembers when I was hired many years ago at A1 Custom. Uh, It was A1 Custom muffler and brake at that point in time. But it, it's really awesome to run into all of you out there at the stores. And it doesn't got to be at the store. You know, wherever it's at, you know, from time to time, I'll be in a gas station or wherever. And somebody will pull me off to the side and say, hey, you know, whatever they think about the show. And that's that's cool. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's all positive. and And even if it's not, I like to have some good criticism from from time to time. I try not to always make this about the. You know, cars as, as as in general, you know, everybody knows they need to take care of them. This needs to be an education about hopefully how to protect some of your large investment, and and uh, do so in a manner that's beneficial to you. You know, I know a lot of folks think, oh, that you know, Dustin or A One Custom loves broken cars. You know, you want them to break down and. And uh, have failures because that's you know big tickets and high revenue. It couldn't be farther from the truth. I don't do what I do, and and A one custom in a whole or as a whole. Is not in it for, you know, broken cars and all that stuff. We're in it because we love the automotive industry and we love our freedom just as much as you guys do. As you want to go to the store at 3.35 a.m. in the morning and get you a cup of coffee or a ho-ho and a ding-dong or whatever, you know, beings, this is America and we have such great freedoms. Uh, the, the freedom to move about as you please with your car is a huge part of that. I mean think about it right now um if your car was disabled what would you do I mean that's I mean seriously um you know there's other countries throughout the world that have a great uh public transit system and that's awesome don't get me wrong I appreciate public transit um just as much as the next next person but I appreciate that I can go out get in my car whenever I feel like it turn on whatever radio station that I want to turn on listen to whatever book on tape or music or whatever you want to fill it with. Maybe you like silence. That's cool too. You can control your temperature. You can, you know, do whatever you want and go wherever you please. That's a huge deal. And, and we all want to have that freedom. I mean, everybody does. I personally keep backup vehicles in case one of my primary ones gives me fits and I can put it in the shop and continue going along about my day because I keep a spare vehicle. There's a, ton of you out there doing the same thing i have you guys dropping off cars all the time and say hey this is my primary i keep a secondary it's such and such especially as families have grown you know over the last few years we have more multiple generation families living in one uh you know one home or one property and that's totally cool um, I think that 's pretty wise. I mean anybody that looks at things you know that uh, you know if you can pool those resources, um, but more cars is typically the byproduct of that because people are going in many directions at many different times. so you, we want to as a company make sure that we 're doing everything we can that no matter what the situation is, if you go out there and hit the key that that vehicle starts and gets you where you need to go because everybody needs to get to the doctor to the hospital to the grocery store to church etc etc and we want to make sure that we are the you know vehicle if you will um, or uh, the skilled hands making sure the vehicle gets you to point a to point b and we want you to be informed that's a huge huge deal the biggest part of the show when i sit down and and the gentleman that i was talking there at sunset he's like where do you come up with the things to talk about i'm like i'm very honest I'm talking about the relevant things that I'm seeing in the bays and at the service counter every single week. When I have a repeat conversation that I feel people need to be more aware of, you know, there's uh, many times that I, I really feel like as you become a new driver or you purchase a new car, you're really unfortunately stacked behind the eight ball on that deal. And there's not enough knowledge shared with you about what to do and how to care for it. And and if things don't go right, what you do about it. Okay, And I want to elaborate on that just a little bit more. When you buy a new car, you're buying an amazing new wealth of technology. The new bells and whistles that you can get on vehicles are absolutely impressive at, at a very least that I can say. And there's a lot of times, you know, back in the day, if you looked at a owner's manual, say, out of the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of how-to repairs in those. You know, certain manufacturers would talk about how to set the valve adjustment. And, you know, there's a lot of you out there probably thinking, why in the world is he drooling on about valve adjustment? Well, that's a necessary maintenance item on many vehicles, even still to this day, that most people don't do. And then we see the collateral damage of that at the shop level or we see their performance decrease and the fuel economy decrease and then the customer's like hey what do i do well you need a valve adjustment now not everybody's out there is like that and we know which ones are and try and talk to those customers as you come in about that but in a new owner's manual it's not going to be in there and the amount of people that crack open an owner's manual is probably very slim and so I, I constantly find people that have vehicles and have owned them for many years, and they don't know that it does this or that. Maybe they don't know how the remote start, the heated seats, the power adjusting mirrors, the preset uh, seat location due to the key fob. Um, there's some amazing things on a vehicle. So every time you buy one, in my opinion, there should be the option of a small training clinic of, hey, this is what your car is capable of. I have my cell phone sitting in front of me kind of running the time up for me right now. And the same thing applies to that. When I get a new or you get a new cell phone, I bet we use a fraction of the abilities of that phone. There's things in there that you don't even know that it'll do and you never get any benefit out of it. But yet you've invested the money in it and only use a fraction of it. So, you know, I'm not one to sit down and read, unless it's automotive-related, to be honest, long tutorials. But I am one to get online and find a good video about some some do's and don'ts or how-to's about that and learn how to use a new platform. I think well, I'm a Samsung guy, so I think this is an S10+. Plus. Um, the bells and whistles on this phone were much improved than my, I think I had an S9 before this. So, as you get a new vehicle, it's the same thing. When you talk about the the interface, even between your cell phone and a late model vehicle, you need to know how that works. So, as much and as important as that is, you need to make sure that you're caring for that vehicle and checking the oil on a regular basis, especially if it's a newer vehicle. They are having an oil consumption problem that is epically rampant. I actually... Uh, We have an oil representative coming in that I'm going to be talking about on the, the next few shows. He'll be here on Wednesday, the 24th talking about the new sp standard of oil that's part of a1 custom continuing to be on the cutting edge of what's going on in the industry because we don't want to be behind the eight ball and neither do i want you to be behind the eight ball maybe you're not and you don't want to be you know the end all be all expert in the automotive industry and that's cool too if you are you and i'll have a great chat if you're not um, we will do that on your behalf And make sure and keep you in the loop on something that's manageable and doesn't seem overwhelming you know the industry for years i strongly believe you know folks have thought that there's smoke and mirrors and all kinds of ripoff artists and did i need this did i get that etc Because they didn't understand what's going on in the industry, because there are so many rampant changes so fast. You know, we've talked about some of the safety items that the government has mandated the manufacturers add to the vehicle. That has just fueled the fire. You know, 20 years ago, ABS was an option. That stands for Anti-Lock Brake System. Um, prior to that, you know, the TPMS or tire pressure monitoring system was a, a novelty option and that was mandated by the government stability control, stability track. Uh, I mean, it's, I can go on and on and on, um, autonomous or self-driving vehicles that are, you know, they're coming, they're out on the roads now being beta tested. Do I think they're going to be here in the next few years? no. Five to ten years, sure, we're going to start seeing some of that. You're already seeing some of the lane departure technology being trickled into, you know, keeping you center in the lane, keeping you um, engaged in being the operator and driver of the vehicle. Um, They're doing uh, some amazing things. When I was a kid, if you got 100,000 miles out of a car, that thing was worn out. It was a rebuild restoration project at that point. How many of you out there have two or three hundred plus thousand on your vehicle right now? I'd venture to say, probably, I'm going to say 40% of you listening out there, um, I see you coming into the shops and they'll be 175 to 250 on there and not even blink an eye about it. That's not high mileage anymore. That's uh, that's a run-of-the-mill, and they've had to do that because vehicles are so doggone expensive, but they've been able to do that by some of the technology advances and making sure that they are continuing to, you know, sharpen that pencil or make a better product. You know, I drive a truck right now. I know it's at 297000 and some change. My personal truck, I've got two of them that are three fifty. And I drive them many hours, many hundreds of miles at the drop of a hat. So I want you all to be able to have that as an option. So we are at the bottom of the hour. We need to take another break. We're going to dive into some of the weather-related challenges right after this. All right, welcome back. You've got Dustin Atwood here in studio. We're having some healthy chit-chat about, uh, I guess, current events, climate change, if you will, Um definitely a swing you know there's a lot of times through the shop you know we don't obviously work outside but the doors are open and and things are getting done i'm going to say usually like 10 months out of the year and so when we got to coop ourselves up and close all the doors and you know hang and hopefully stay somewhat warm inside as we're servicing everybody's cars that kind of changes things at the shop you know the lighting goes away a little bit. The, obviously the nice breeze, but hopefully the breeze that we got is heat and whatnot. So, you know this is a different time of year for many of us. You know in the, in the automotive field and and you know for all my construction folks out there and and everybody that works outside. You know, this sometimes is your off season. Sometimes this is your busy season. Maybe you're out pushing snow. I've seen a ton of you guys out there. A big thank you to all the folks out there that did it on the private lots. And I realize that's for hire. So hopefully that's your thank you as well. But, uh, MoDOT, you know, you guys got out there and got things done, got the roads cleared, salted, hopefully good traction everywhere. And you guys have been running many, many hard hours. So a huge, huge thank you, not only to our MoDOT folks, but out there, you know, I know Kansas got it, Texas, obviously Oklahoma, I'm sure up into Indiana and Illinois. I grew up there as a kid. They are uh, very accustomed to dealing with this, I suppose. Um, And then all the rest of you out there that have put in that I didn't even mention. So, Big thank you for that. You know, they're talking that the weather's supposed to be, I think, 50 or 60 in the next few days. So that's the one, well, not the one beautiful thing I love about about Missouri, but one of the beautiful things that I love about Missouri is that we do get four seasons. Uh, You get to see the hot of the hot, the cold of the cold, and everything in between, and it can be within a week or a few days apart. So you have to embrace some of that stuff. One of the biggest things that I really rang true, I guess, if you will, or I saw a lot as I stopped and helped some stranded motorists, um, you know, I know tires are very expensive and and I'm just going to share something. They're not probably going to get any cheaper anytime soon. So as you go and have hopefully new tires or newer tires, one of the biggest things you can do to lengthen the life or the useful uh, tread of those tires is to keep them rotated. Pretty much the the oil change intervals have moved out in line with what a good um, scheduled rotation would be. So if you're running a 5,000-mile oil change, which most of you out there are on a full synthetic, uh, that is a good time pretty much every time you get your car serviced that you need to be rotating the tires. I can say with authority that you can extend a 10 to sometimes even 20,000-mile life expectancy of a set of good tires if you'll keep them rotated and inflated properly, okay? Um, had a, a gentleman here the other day. I mean, he had he had meticulously kept them rotated. Anytime there was any kind of a loss of air, he brought him in. He was getting 80,000 miles out of a set of tires. Now, if you price tires lately... I mean, even on the low end, you know, you're going to spend several hundred dollars. And on the high end, on a big, heavy-duty 10-ply, which is a heavy load-rated tire, and God forbid you want any kind of fancy off-road or all-terrain tread, I mean, you can spend sometimes even, you know, 1000 dollars on a set of tires. The cost or the time of what a rotation takes really is worth every single penny to protect that investment especially when you start asking uh, more out of that set of tires. One of the biggest things right now, obviously, is traction in slick or wet conditions. And adequate tread depth is, and tread design for that matter, is a very, very big deal. A couple of things on the sidewall of the tires. Everybody should hopefully know about looking to see what size tire you have. Whether it's a P-rated tire, which would be passenger car, or an LT-rated tire, which would be light truck, and then obviously what size it is. Um, Typically, it's a three-digit, two-digit, and then an R two-digit number tells you what size it is. The other information that I love to share with people about their tires is there is a date code of the date of manufacturing on the sidewall of tires um, well within the last 10 to 15 years. So most of you out there will have that. And it's usually a raised oval, and it'll be a four-digit number. It'll have, you know, say 37 of 07, and that's the 37th week of 2007. So you can understand or know roughly how old those tires are, and six to eight years is really the life expectancy before the tire starts to dry out and have some dry rock concerns and then safety concerns from there as well. So I recently bought a fixer-upper truck. Hadn't been running for many, many years. Um, It's an older diesel truck. They were having some issues. That's why they sold it cheap. Hence is why I was interested because it didn't work. I wanted to get it fixed and get it going so I can put it into service. And that was one of the first things that I looked at. It had a matching set of six. It is a dually matching set of six tires on it. And I was able to see that the tires were from 2016. So the truck was running at least good, otherwise they wouldn't put a full match set of tires on, in 2016. So that tire is getting a little bit older. That set, there's still a lot of tread because the truck's been broken and sitting for you know many years at this point. Uh, one of my guys or team members or coworkers was able to have the time to get that thing up and going again. Um, So I'm super excited about that project. But it allowed me to have a little insight into the time frame that they couldn't really answer. It was a company vehicle. They really didn't have the details of when or how all this stuff happened. But... I was able to look kind of through that, that, hey, I still got some value there. The tires are good. They're not super old. It was obviously still running. A lot of the other t- things that I look at when I'm looking at a vehicle that hasn't run or been driven in a while is the last licensing, if it's on there, to see when that happened. Um, here in Missouri or in Texas, the last state inspection that it passed, those are all kind of telltale little uh you know, uh, items that will give you some insight when you're trying to figure out whether to make a deal on something like that. Um, so those are just kind of a little caveat for you all out there. Those are those are very important items. You know, a vehicle that sits is, is actually usually more damaged than a vehicle that's driven many hundreds of thousands of miles a year. Um, Sitting is just as hard, if not harder, on a vehicle because things that used to work don't anymore. You get a lot of brake failure or brake locking or pulling uh, issues. I know a truck that I had bought that obviously didn't work a few years ago. Um, I let it sit for about a year before I decided to put an engine in it. I ended up having to put a fuel pump in it because it sat there and had locked up the, the, uh, the armature of that pump. So if you do have that extra vehicle, like we had kind of talked about a little bit earlier in the show, you need to get it out and run it. Uh, you know from time to time otherwise when you do need it it's not going to perform as you expected or need it to because of the damage of letting it sit so at least once a month not if not every couple of weeks they need to be started need to be taken to the store need to be idled for a while need to be run through the gears keep everything polished up and working so when you do get in a situation that you need to pick up and and uh, do some things with that additional vehicle or if you're purchasing one that's been sitting you need to be aware that there's going to be some damage that happened due to its sitting so you don't want that to happen Um, i i know over the years brakes is a big concern battery degradation and replacement is usually almost a guarantee Um, and those are for most of my gas related items out there Um, as cold as it has been i hope Uh, Well, I take that back. I know a lot of you have been running on my diesel friends out there. uh, Fuel additive in there because of the gelling situation. Um, I'm a big proponent, especially with the decreased sulfur. Um, And I know I'm talking to a, a minor amount of folks out there, but this is still important. If you're not running a fuel additive, as expensive as injectors and high-pressure injection pumps are, uh, lift pump in the tank, depending on the application, uh, those are many of thousands of dollars to fix any of those items that I just talked about, let alone um, relying on the fuel station to have an adequate amount of additive in their diesel fuel, especially when we get into single digits, is a mistake. And even when it's nice outside, you really need some lubricity additives in there to help the injector seats, the high-pressure pump, etc., to make sure that you're not you know, shaving many good miles off of those components. Um, you look at some of these new diesel trucks, and I look at them on the regular because I am really loving what they're doing with some of these diesel platforms. They don't smell like a diesel. They don't sound like a diesel. They drive and perform unbelievably if you're in any towing applications. Um, they're very, very impressive. But if you have tried to buy any fuel additive uh, for diesels, it's sold out at every part store and a lot of your big box parts stores. Um, so if, you know, you're at Walmart or wherever and you think you're going to find some, um, it most of it's gone. And most of it has been gone for weeks and will be on back order. I keep some on hand. Um, I am a... a arch oil fan i actually order that online so i keep it for my tractor most of the time Um, power service is a good one hot shot's always a good one Um, there are some some other ones out there i'm sure i'm not talking about but i had a a friend of mine needed some and i was actually able to find some at some of our local farm and home stores So keep that in mind out there. If you've exhausted all your normal places, those farm and home stores have some really cool things, maybe even some of our local uh, hardware stores. Uh, You're going to have to look in a little bit different places. And if that's happening on your equipment or your vehicle, you've got to get it in there. You typically have got to replace or thaw out the fuel filter and then usually pack it full of some kind of an anti-gel along with uh, the fuel tank as well. So... For my diesel folks, I wanted to visit with that. We do need to take one more break. We'll be right back after this. All right. We've got just a little bit of time left in the show. Of course, this is Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. If you're just tuning in, Wanting to make sure you're informed, hopefully, as much as we are. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of you out there probably think, man, I don't need to know all this stuff. And and if you're those people, that's, that's great. Hopefully, you have somebody trusted that takes care of business for you. If it's us, that's wonderful. I'll do everything I can to make sure it's as pleasant as possible. If it's not and you've got somebody already that's your car person or your truck person and you have a great relationship with them, that's awesome. You know, I see a lot of folks that struggle or they hop around from shop to shop to shop to shop for different reasons. Everybody's got their own motivations. Um, But that really loses a lot of that intimate knowledge of your vehicle and what it needs and what's been done to it and the care that has been given to it over the years. And so I've always kind of had this idea or this thought or many discussions over the years about, you know, who does what. You know, I take my oil changes to so-and-so because they're super cheap and they're super Hopefully, fast, and you know I take my easy maintenance to such and such and do that, but we bring you the hard stuff I, you know a lot of times we're the hard stuff place, and that's okay. I take that uh very uh, uh graciously, if you will, but I've always wondered about that because a lot of times when something doesn't go well on that easy stuff, they bring it to us, and we fix the collateral damage that occurs to it as well and and that's fine I don't mind being that person, but I've always had this thought. Um, you know, and, and, and this, you know, kind of goes through many topics, but I'm going to try and tailor it down today. But if you can't take your hard stuff to the person that's doing your easy stuff, why in the world do you think that they're capable of doing your easy stuff? Does that make any sense? Hopefully that does. One of my thoughts on that is, you know, oh, I go to big box parts store X, they just do oil changes and they change my air filters. And then they come in later and they have a drivability concern that I'm addressing. And it's related to the fact that they didn't install the air filter correctly. I cannot tell you how many times I've had to fix that over the years, um, not to mention the quality of air filter that they chose to put in there. I, as a heavy line, heavy service facility, as A1 Custom Car Care is, I, I struggle with Folks that put cheap maintenance parts in or cheap disposable or reusable parts in. Uh, air filters is a main one that I really struggle with why people would skimp on that. That air filter is the last line of defense to protect your $10,000 engine. And I don't talk about pricing on here a lot because I don't want it to be like scare tactics or, or you know, get into that you know, I, I'm not in front of an estimating platform, so I can't do that accurately, and I won't. But most of your late model direct-injected engines, uh, I'm going to say anything 2015 and newer, if you have a catastrophic failure, that's somewhere between six to $10,000. If you're my high-performance or diesel platforms, you might as well add five grand to either one of those totals. So when I have somebody come in, and I had it this week, and they've installed this performance cake system, And they're having drivability problems. It's because of the cold air intake system that they put on there. Now am I saying all cold air intake systems are bad? No, I'm not. But am I saying that they are for a race application? Yes, I am. They're not for your daily driver. The the manufacturer spent a tremendous amount of money, time, and research developing the best flowing factory air filter that you can get. I urge you to refrain from that. As I also urge that if you are going to change your air filter, whether you're a do it yourself or you go to a service center, make sure that they're not putting the lowest garbage quality filter in there, whether it's engine oil, whether it's air filter, cabin air filter, etc. That is the most important five extra dollars you spend to make sure that you're protecting your engine, whether it's a lubricant protection, whether it's an airflow protection, My heavy diesel industry folks out there, you can dust a diesel engine with an improperly installed air filter, the wrong air filter, or lack thereof an air filter very quickly. So all of you direct-injected turbocharged gas engine people, which there are a lot of you out there listening right now, You need to understand that forced induction is the same principle that my over-the-road heavy truck folks have done for years, that you got to make sure that you're putting good quality stuff in these cars. They're not getting any cheaper. And saving $5 over an air filter, fuel filter, uh, engine oil filter, trans filter, I can continue to go on and on and on, that is not where you want to skimp at, Okay. I'm not trying to spend your money. I'm actually trying to prevent you from having to spend your money. Yeah, maybe I want an extra $5 for this air filter. Maybe I want to check it and make sure that it's fine and send you on your way. But I want to make sure that it's put back together correctly and that it's protecting your engine the way it should. I do not want any premature failures. Things are going to wear out. Things are going to break on their own. They're going to take care of business and things happen. I totally get that. But we can mitigate a lot of that stuff and skimping on your maintenance items or taking them to facilities that are more focused on uh, volume versus uh, quality is not the place that I want you guys to be. If it's us, great. If it's not, great. But just be aware of this stuff. You know, a 10-minute oil change, I get it. We're all busy. But do you think all of the excess or burnt and spent oil that you're wanting to get out of the vehicle actually got drained out in under 10 minutes? I can, with authority, tell you no. And so your new oil that they did add is contaminated by those old, uh, burnt, uh, degraded oil sediment in the bottom of that, and you didn't get it out. Okay? Okay. The staff that we've got and the team that we've got that does those maintenance-minded services, more often than not, are you know long-term veterans of A1 Custom, and they're not what I would consider an entry-level lube tech that's just getting in the industry and that I have to worry when they come in and have your service done. Those folks, normally, I've had the pleasure to work with them for many, many years, And they're at the point in their career that they don't want to do the heavy line stuff anymore. And they want to focus on the preservation of your cars and getting as many miles out of them as possible before we have to do the heavy line stuff. Now, do I have some folks that are heavy hitters and do amazing heavy line work, head gaskets, engines, transmissions, etc., differentials? Yes, we've got those folks too. And they keep busy as it is. So I want to make sure that, you know, you understand that it's not an entry level person that's doing those services at any one of our facilities. This is not the, the, you know, wet behind the ears green candidate that may or may not have any formal training. This is probably some of the best trained folks that choose to prevent you from having problems versus, you know, we're going to whip cars in and out as quickly as possible. And there's a huge difference to that. You know, I don't want it to be a situation um, where we are learning or practicing on your car. I love the fact that we own the latest and greatest practices and procedures. And if I don't, I'm going to tell you. And then I'm going to get to work making sure that we are owning that portion of the industry. You know, for a lot of years, we haven't done any diesel service. That's something that I'm picking, choosing, and we're getting into as a company and as a team the hybrid business you know i've got a young guy out at republic who's doing a heck of a great job for us and he's filling that void for us and learning um to make sure that he's the expert on that you know at each one of our locations i can proudly say that we have some of the best electrical diagnosticians in the area and probably in the region i mean we have some top shelf folks that when i run into a situation because i've got so many different uh you know, irons in the fire at this point that I'm able to give them direction, turn over what needs to happen, and they take care of it from there. Any of you that's in a leadership or management position hopefully understands the value of the people and the trust that they give in you uh to make sure that you are pushing or protecting them and keeping them viable in the industry. The right team in the right seats is one of the most rewarding positions that you can uh, apply yourself to be in any kind of leadership or management position. The people are what makes A1 Custom Car Care what it is. And I couldn't sit up here on Saturdays and Monday through Saturday at the shop and see and talk to so many of you out there without all of our family and our team. And that's a lot of times what I'm talking about and why I bring up Macy and David and Jason and Raj. Uh, you know why bring up David and Ryan and Harlan and Donald and Mike and Troy why bring up uh, you know we have many mics at this point but Mike and Gunner and James and uh, Eddie and Chris and Trey I mean those are all part of our family that take care of all of you out there as well or many of you out there as well and hopefully if you are at another facility honestly I probably know that other facility and they're they're great. We have a lot of amazing shops in this area. We're very blessed to be in the Midwest for many, many things. Uh, But we're also better off than most regions in finding a good service center. I had a couple come in, and they had moved, I think, from Illinois, if I remember right. And they've been a customer of ours for several years at this point. And I run into them from time to time. They are a listener of the show, which I greatly appreciate. And they always give me good feedback. Um, I love getting good feedback. Obviously, everybody does feedback in general, good, bad, and different. I enjoy getting that. Uh, you know, hopefully, people are listening, and 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 this is adding to their day or their week or their you know month. Hopefully, uh, but one of the things that they told me is it's important now that they've moved out of state to a new area that they find a good doctor, and they had a great mechanic where they used to come from, and they speak so highly of him, it makes me want to find him and go shake his hand because great. People in the in any industry, this industry or other, um, I appreciate people that do the best that they can every single day. And so as they talked about this gentleman and what he was able to do for him, I was so excited about that. And the fact that, you know, they had found us at this point, we'd take care of both of their vehicles. Um, they're folks that have great vehicles or several years old at this point. Um, We were able to get them on the road. I don't know how much it was. It wasn't a great amount, but continue to get them more miles out of their vehicle. As it left with the temperature change, we had a little hiccup. I'll I'll be honest. I saw them right back the next day. Everybody hates when you have a comeback. That's always a, a bummer deal. We addressed it directly. There was no extra cost to the customer. They came and picked it up, and away they went. So we have spent another hour together, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. We are here from Monday through Saturday 8 to 5 to take care of anything from small to your larger repair needs. Be very safe out there with the inclement weather that's here in Springfield, and hopefully you all have some fun. We'll talk to you next week.